Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Christian brothers, when I came to you, I did not preach the secrets of God with big sounding words or make it sound as if I were so wise. I made up my mind that while I was with you, I would speak of nothing except Jesus Christ. And as the end of his death on the cross, when I was with you, I was weak, I was afraid, and I shook. What I had to say when I preached was not in big sounding words of man's wisdom, but it was given in the power of the Holy Spirit. In this way, you do not have faith in Christ because of the wisdom of men. You have faith in Christ because of the power of God. Can we go to verse 2 real quick and just read that one more time? I'm going to read that for you one more time. It says, I made up my mind that while I was with you, I would speak nothing except Jesus Christ. Has anybody else made up their mind like Paul? He said, I've made up my mind that while I was with you, I would speak nothing except Jesus Christ and of his death on the cross. Help me pray. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this word that you're going to share with your people, oh God. This church community, speak to us, oh God. We didn't just come for information, we came for heart transformation. And we believe that only your Holy Spirit can do that in our lives. Pray that this word, oh God, may speak to us in such a way that it will not only affect our Sunday, but our Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday and the rest of our week, oh God. We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. And everyone says, come on, one more time. Give God some praise in this house. Um, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, Ruben alluded to a story, and he said that uh, I tend to forget birthdays. But uh, everybody knows there's two sides to a story. Amen? Back me up here. And um, uh, uh, I love birthdays. Honestly, birthdays are actually special to me. Uh, they mean something to me. As a matter of fact, this week we were able to celebrate a couple of birthdays. We, we, we were able to celebrate my friend and my spiritual son in the faith, Ronnie Funes. We were able, he's 38 years old. Can you imagine? He's older than me. And we have Andrea's birthday today. We had so many birthdays happening. And um, I love birthdays, but there is a problem sometimes that... With everything that consumes my mind, I, at times, by chance, by mistake, I may forget a birthday. And that happens not because I'm 36 years of age and I might be losing my memory, but because sometimes I don't check my Facebook. And it doesn't tell me whose birthday it is. Don't lie. You know, you know, you've, you know what I'm, you know exactly. You're like, thank God. And so because of that, I've actually forgotten some birthdays. Uh, number one, one birthday I forgot was Maylene Miranda. I, I forgot her birthday. And, I, well, I technically did. Let me defend myself. I technically did not forget her birthday because at 11.59, it still counts. 
And so at the, last, at the very last minute, I promise you, I was laying down on the sofa with my wife, and my wife was like, did you call Maylene for her birthday? And I said, <gasps> I looked at the time. It was 11.59. I dialed her number, and when I said I dialed her number, I just pressed her face on my phone. And then I called, and I said, I made it! <laughs> I said, happy birthday to you. See, I, was, I wanted to be the last person that you heard for your birthday. This was intentional. I didn't forget her birthday, and, uh, and you know, this kind of trickles down because on April 21st of 2018, I also forgot someone who's special to me, their birthday. Her name is Jenny Kayuch. And um, this is what happened was, like, y'all don't know, like, this is meaningful to me. Like, I'm telling you, when I, I, birthdays are special to me. And so when I forget someone's birthday, it's just like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. This is terrible. I, I just, I, I go before the throne. I start repenting for every sin. Like, I love Jenny. Like, it's God, my wife, my kids, my mom, Maylene and Jenny and Reuben. Like, I'm serious. Like, I love, like, and then. And then I, can't, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. This year, my wife and Ruben at 12 midnight, they want to be the first to call Jenny and say happy birthday. So they call her, but she goes to sleep with her kids. So it's at 7 p.m. She goes to sleep. And so she's been sleeping for the last six hours. And so, so now she, she gets this phone call. It goes straight to voicemail. Ruben and my wife leave her a happy birthday. I'm no part of it. Why? Because I want to be a special birthday uh, uh, giver. And so I, I, I want to make sure that I call her on the next day and I leave her my own a message or I sent her my own text and all throughout the day I said make sure you call Jenny make sure you call Jenny make sure you tell her make sure send her something and I went to sleep and I promise you this is the scariest thing that ever happened to you this is a true story I'm not making this stuff up this is not like I'm not exaggerating one bit I promise you I woke up at two o'clock in the morning hyperventilating and I said oh my god I forgot Jenny's birthday and Lisa looked at me and she was like, relax, it's just a birthday, okay? <laughs> I mean, you weren't that upset when you forgot my birthday, okay? <laughs> I even wrote, I, I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, I literally sent Jenny this email. I said, so let me explain how a spiritual father misses telling his daughter happy birthday. Lisa and I were both, and I explained to her the whole story. And I, then I bought her a card, and I could not make up for it. And again, my wife, at that night, she was like, it, it, what's the big deal? It's all right. She'll get over it, all right? Because, you know, you tend to forget birthdays. You remember in 2015 what happened? Because in 2015, what happened was I had booked myself to preach on January 18th, my wife's birthday. She needs counseling. I'm telling you, it's not, it's not a joke. And uh, I, I didn't forget. Let me explain. I didn't forget it was her birthday because I knew it was her birthday. January 18th. I celebrate. I mean, I do it up for her birthday. And I, I go in for her birthday. Every, it's it's, it's, it's kind of like my pride. Like, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy uh, uh, celebrating someone's birthday. And so I said, I'm going to do that for my wife. And, and, and I mixed up the dates. Like, I was looking at the calendar date. And in the calendar date, it looked different from the way it looked like in my head. Has that ever happened to you? No? Okay. So <laughs> I guess I'm by myself. And so... I, I looked at the calendar day, and for whatever reason, it looked different, and I booked myself to preach at another church, and it was my wife's birthday, but I was already making plans for my wife's birthday, but then I had, I had, had to preach, but I didn't connect the two, and then I realized I double booked, and then, I, and, then, and then we are here today. And I just want to let everybody know, on January 18th, it's my wife's birthday, it's a couple of weeks away. 
I just want to let you know her square cash is dollar sign. Le no, I'm just joking. Uh, I use these examples to illustrate how, how easily it is for us to know something is extremely important, extremely essential. It's, it's something of great meaning to us, but how easily it can slip our focus. How easily, something that we actually value, something that's important to us, something that is essential for us, I, I think that it could be sometimes that it's so easily overlooked. And sometimes we don't even forget, it's kind of like the way we function. I, I think that many times, it's not that we don't value things, it's that many times we just function like we don't value the things that we say we value. I don't know about you, but I, I mean, no one would disagree that faith is important and family is important. Anybody would disagree that their future is important? We're in 2019. I mean, next year is going to be 2020. Can you imagine? No one would deny that their future is important. But if you were honest today, how many would agree that there are times where you live your life and you function in a way as if those things that you say are important are not important to you? You function in the way, in the same way that I functioned in a way that I didn't value my wife's birthday. But if you really got to know me, you would know to the core of me. If you ask me what's important to you, I would say number one thing is birthdays. I love birthdays. I love birthdays. But many times you can just lose focus and allow something else to become important and overlook it. And you'll find yourself at 2 o'clock in the morning sending an email. And I just don't want that to happen to you. And so here's what, as a church community... As your pastor, what I want to say is, is that I want to make sure that, that we actually function from the place that we say we value. That if we say we value something, if something's important to us, I want to make sure that we always keep it at the forefront of who we are. That it's not just, it's our core values, it's who we actually are. When we look at this series, Into the Core, what we're saying is that these are our core values. These are the things that make us who we are. These are the fibers of our DNA. This is our fingerprint. This is that when you see this fingerprint, you know it's Kuhau because this is what's important to us. This is what we value. When you go deep beneath the surface, what you would find at our core, what would you find deep within is this is who we are as a church community because here's the truth we can go through things and we can experience much but if you don't know who you are you will always fall apart no matter what you go through but when you know who you are at the core let me tell you there's no storm that can come there's no thing that you can experience there's no problem that you can't solve because you know who you are deep to the core so I want to give you our seven core values as a church community. Number one is this, we preach Jesus. Number two, this is who we are as a church. We love people. Number three is that we serve with excellence. Number four is that we worship authentically. Number five is that we give generously. Number six is that we fellowship like a community. And number seven is that we cultivate a culture of honor. That's who we are. When you look at Kuhau's fingerprint, when you look at who we are at the core, listen, we might be a lot of things. We might offer a lot of things. We might give a lot of things. We might be part of a lot of things. But at the core of who we are, this is who we are. We're about Jesus. We're about people. We're about excellence, worship, generosity, community, and honor. 
And so I want to give you the first one here today. We preach Jesus. Someone shout that for me. Say, we preach Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Christian brothers, when I came to you, I did not preach the secrets of God with big sounding words or make it sound as if I were so wise. I made up my mind. I love the way he put that. He says, I made up the, my mind that while I was with you, I would speak of nothing except Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified. Here's the first thing I want you to know about our church is that we preach Jesus. We've made it like the Apostle Paul that we have. Listen, our name is not Christ Uncensored for no reason. What do you mean that your church is Christ Uncensored? I thought we were Kuha. Well, that's what it is, Christ Uncensored House of Worship. Like, I thought you just had like a Greek name, Kuha. No, it's Christ, it's an acronym. It wasn't that deep, an acronym. Christ Uncensored House of Worship. Christ Uncensored, that's who we are, at the core of who we are. I want to let you know, if you did not know, if it's of some surprise to you, I'm sure that you, by now, you must know that this church, number one, this is our foundation. We are always, always, always about Jesus. We're a church community that has made up our mind that we will speak about Jesus. We will sing about Jesus because Jesus is alive and well. He's our message. He's our goal. He's our example. I'm not ashamed to say that we are a Jesus church singing Jesus songs, reading Jesus scriptures. And if you believe in Jesus in this place, I've made up my mind. I like Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. I love this scripture because it's at, this is who we are at our core, at the center of everything Christ Uncensored does, at, a, at a, the center of everything that Kuhau does. Here, here's the foundation. The foundation is we are about Jesus. You believers are like a building that God owns. That building was built on the foundation that the apostles and the prophet, prophets prepared. What was the foundation? It was Christ Jesus himself is the most important stone in the building. I think somebody needs to hear that today. Because if we're not careful, many times we'll build our foundation on something secondary or something that is a byproduct of a relationship with God. But if you don't, if you don't understand that Jesus is actually the most important piece to your life, you'll start building foundations on secondary things that were never meant to be a foundation to be built upon. But Jesus says through the Apostle Paul, that he is the most important piece in the building. If we're going to build a church, if we're going to build a community, listen, I don't want to build it on just worship songs. I don't want to just build it on musicians. I don't want to just build it on community. I want to build it not for the sake of community, not for the sake of honor, not for the sake of worship. I want to build all those things on the only thing that can be built upon, and that's the name of Jesus. If you believe that in this house, let's give him a shout of praise. Look what it says. It says, important stone in the, and the whole building is joined together in Christ. He makes it grow and become a holy temple in the Lord. So that's where I want to build upon my foundation. That's where I want to, I want to begin to construct something. I want to build it on Jesus. And so I want to present to you this question, and it's this. Why is it, why is Jesus the message we preach? Why is Jesus... The message we preach. And I want to answer it by giving you three things. And, and, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, Jesus, why is Jesus the message we preach? Because the solution of the world's problem is Jesus. Notice I said problem, not problems. 
I didn't say the, I didn't say the solution to this world's problems is Jesus. I, I wrote down, write that in your notes, the solution to this world's problem is Jesus. He says, I made up my mind that while I was with you, I would speak of nothing except Jesus. And if you know anything about the church of Corinth, you would know that there are a lot of creative title sermons that you can create because Corinth was one of the most sin-infested cities. I mean, can I be honest? There was some crazy stuff happening in Corinth. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, like, you thought the Kardashians on TV were scandalous. I'm telling you, this was scandalous. This was like, oh, my, you said what? Her mother, what? Like, like if, I'm, if I'm Paul, like, if I'm talking to Paul, I'm like, wait, Paul, like, you preached, when you were there, you, you spoke nothing but Jesus and him on the cross? Like, let me give you a sermon title real quick. How about this? Seven reasons why not to sleep with your stepmom. Oh, y'all don't, don't, oh, don't believe me, right? Let, let's go to that scripture real quick. <laughs> I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going among them. Something that even pagans don't do. I am told that a man in your church is living in the sin with is living in sin with his stepmother. Kuha, I want to let you know we're gonna be all right. Like, I'll give him some creative. How about this? How about five reasons why prostitutes are bad for you? How about this? Three reasons why you shouldn't sue your neighbor who is a follower of Jesus. I'll give you some creative titles. Why? Because these are all things that were happening in the church of Corinth. And Paul says, like, I'm like, Paul, nah, you need to preach a sermon on why you shouldn't be sleeping with prostitutes. You need to preach a sermon on why uh, you shouldn't be sleeping with your stepmom. Hey, you need to, like, there's some sermons. And he says, no, I could address those things. And I did in the book of Corinthians, as you can see. But when I was with them, I didn't preach that because that was just a symptom of the real problem. What I preached was what they needed to hear because their problem was... Their problem wasn't that they had issues with their stepmom. Their problem was that they needed more Jesus in their life. And when you get more Jesus in your life, let me tell you, everything begins to manifest and become more like him. I, I, I'm like, you could preach a perfect message right here and, and talk about all the things that, that you need to talk about. But when you really realize what Paul is doing. Paul is saying, listen, I'm going to preach something that's going to the inner core of the human being because it's not what you think. It's not the greater problem. It's greater than a moral problem. It's greater than an ethical problem. It's greater than a lifestyle problem. It's a problem that is rooted deep within. You think you have a cussing problem. You think you have a lust problem. You think you have a sexuality problem. You think you have a cigarette problem. You think you have a drug problem. You think you have an alcohol problem. You think you have have an addiction problem, but what you have is deep-rooted is a Jesus problem. What America has is not a political problem. What our country has is a Jesus problem. And this is why Paul says, I'm just going to preach Jesus until he fills you up in a way. And all those things begin to be fleshed out of you. And they were like, if you look, study deeply the church of Corinth, they, they had the Jews who, they wanted a sign. So, they're like, yo, listen, they were fascinated with signs. And so, what they wanted to hear was a message like, yo, Paul, 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 give me, give me a sign. Like, yo, give me a sign. And then you had the Greeks in that time in the temple, what they wanted was like wisdom. 
Give us wisdom, Paul. And Paul is saying, like, you think that's what you need because you think your problem is actually your problem. You're just trying to deal with a problem that is a symptom of a deeper problem. See, I, I don't know about you, but are, are you in any way like me that I kind of know what's wrong with everybody else? No? Sheila, I know you like me. Like, <laughs> me and Lisa, we know what's wrong with everybody else. Are you like me? That everybody else is my problem? That's me. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> but that one over there, I'll tell you, that one over there, man. But here's the truth. Many times we think we know what we need to fix our issues. And reality is you don't know what you need to fix your issues because you don't know what's wrong with you in the first place. Uh, before the Fortnite demon got my son, he used to solve Rubik's Cubes. And some of you have heard this story. Um, but I want to say this for the sake, of, the sake of this example that, that uh, before the Fortnite demon got my son, he used to actually solve Rubik's Cubes. And his fastest um, uh, speed to solve one, it was about 17.8 seconds. And I, and I remember this like it was yesterday that one of, the, one of the times he was moving the Rubik's Cube at the velocity... That, uh, at, at such a velocity that it would actually poke out the pieces of the Rubik's Cube. And I remember my son came and said, yo, dad. He goes, can I get some tape? And I said, what you need tape for? He says, I need tape because my, I broke my Rubik's Cube. I said, nah, the way the Rubik's Cube works, tape is not going to fix your Rubik's Cube. And then he goes, no, 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 dad, dad, can, you, can I just, just give me the tape? And I'm like, son, tape is not going to fix your Rubik's Cube. He's like, Dad, Dad, just give me the tape. I just want, just, I know what it takes to fix this Rubik's Cube. Give me the tape. And I'm like, clearly this kid is Hispanic because he thinks tape is going to fix everything. I was like, he, 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 he's going to pop out the VIX and just be like. <laughs> and I told him, Listen, man, tape is not going to fix your Rubik's Cube. You're going to need something more powerful than tape to fix your Rubik's Cube. But he thought that tape will fix his Rubik's Cube because he thought that that's what it took to fix his problem. And many times we come to God in the same way and we're like, God, give me some tape. And God is saying, no, tape is not going to fix your issue. What will fix your issue is my son, Jesus Christ, who died upon you on the cross. If you're looking for something, I want you to know that you can find it in Jesus. If you're looking for provision, look no further than the one that multiplied five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000. If you're looking for healing, look no further than the one who had the power to heal all manner and kind of disease. If you're looking for wisdom, look for no further than the one who always has the right answer and a response to every challenge. We <laughs> preach... Jesus. Second thing I want you to write down, why is Jesus the message we preach? Number two is simply this, because he, because it doesn't get more profound than Jesus. How about that one? How about that? How, how about that? It gets, it doesn't get more profound than Jesus. And if we're not careful, 
We would spend our lives trying to go deeper and only use Jesus as some type of elementary foundation to our journey and pursuit of knowledge and wisdom and intellectual ascent. We would just see Jesus as a stepping stone, but Jesus is everything. And Paul says it this way. He, he, he emphatically declares over and over, I did not preach the secrets of God with big sounding words or make it sound as if I were so wise. He goes, what I had to say when I preached was not in big sounding words of man's wisdom. He said, in this way you did not have faith in Christ because of the wisdom of man. See, the church of Corinth began to be a church and community that was fascinated with the mysterious. They were fascinated with the mystical. They would, they would want prophets to come and, and speak the, the mysteries of God. And, and they would be fascinated with the mystical. And, and that's what they wanted. And Paul is like, nah, man, I, I'm not a salesman. Nah, nah, I ain't one of those prophets that is just going to speak to you. I'm not a philosopher that's just going to speak to you what you want to hear. I didn't come to cater to your ears. I came to preach a word that would convict your hearts. Sometimes we get it confused because we want deep. Can I tell you that Jesus is as profound as it gets? Can I tell you the number one reason why people leave the church? I'll tell you right now. Here's the number one reason why people leave the church. Ready? Number one reason why people leave church all across America. Here's the, because it wasn't deep. They do it like this too. It just wasn't deep. What? Like, excuse me? Like, oh no, it just, it just, wasn't, it just wasn't deep. And, and again, if we're not careful, what we'll begin to do is we'll begin to see Jesus. And Jesus simply won't be enough for us. Jesus won't be good enough for us. I just want something deeper. And oh, oh, then you only seeing Jesus as some type of elementary teaching when you don't realize that Jesus is as deep as it can get. But I just want to know more. I want to know wisdom. I want to know, hey, it's Jesus. <laughs> I just want to change. I, ju I just need the five steps. It's Jesus. <laughs> Paul was so radical. Paul was so, like, I love Paul because Paul was like a certified gangster. And Paul, and I love the way Colossians puts it this way in the message translation. Look at, look at this. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. I, I love this. This is, this is so crazy. All right, sorry. It says, the mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just the Jews, to know the rich and glorious secret inside and out. Regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing, the mystery in a nutshell is just this. Christ is in you. Pastor, I just want something deep. Here's the mystery in a nutshell. Christ is in you. So therefore, watch this, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. Someone shout, it's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We preach Christ. Warning people. What do we warn people? Not to add to the message. Wait, Pastor, I just, I just want more. No, I, I'm warned not to go. Here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul is telling me. Hey, listen, we warn people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can 
But what's the purpose of all this? So that you can stay babies and, and, and just be baby Christians and not just, and just be, be it. no, no, here, here's why. Here's why we do this. There's a reason why we preach Jesus. There's a reason why we just want to inundate you with Christ and the person of him. Because here's the mystery of all of the world, that Christ is in you. How mysterious is that? Try to figure that one out, that Christ is in you, Christ is in you. And he says, don't add to that. We preach in the spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic, not complicated. You want to see a Christian that is full of vitality? You want to see a mature Christian? It's a person that's not just filled with wisdom of God's word, but is filled with the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ with heart transformation. Spiritual maturity is simple. It's Christ in you. You're struggling and you're, you're complicating things and... Paul says it's, it's simple, man. Christ is in you. Don't add to it. It's not about just knowing. And, and, and this is what the church of Corinth wanted. They just wanted to know. I just want to know. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, that's deep. Oh, did you hear the preacher? What did he preach about? I don't know, but it was deep. <laughs> it's not about just knowing about Jesus. It's about becoming like him. You want to know what spiritual maturity is? Becoming like the one who saved you. That's spiritual maturity. You want to know what Jesus is? You want to know what spiritual maturity is in a nutshell? It's not about how many books of the Bible you know. It's actually about how many of those books have transformed your life through Jesus. Look, he says it in Colossians chapter 2. He said, look, look what he says. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You received Christ Jesus, the master. Now live him. You're deep, you're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. I think someone needs to hear that today. You've been sitting on a pew for too long and God is saying, you're saying, I just want to grow, I just want to grow. God is saying you need to live out what you've already learned in order to grow where you want to go. The school's out, quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your, let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellect, intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments. Oh, eschatology and the prophecies and what is it and the coming of God. Listen, listen, this is what he's saying. He says those are empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of the spirit. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God, oh, this, 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 this wrecked me. Everything of God gets expressed in him. All you need to know about God is expressed in, I'm getting too excited. All you need to know about God is fully expressed in the person of Jesus Christ. You want deep, get in your face in your closet with Jesus. You want deep, get desire more of his presence in your life. You want deep, let his Holy Spirit manifest the good fruits that he has for you. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize that the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, the, the fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. 
We preach Jesus. I had someone tell me, hey, Pastor Roe, you preach too much on Jesus. I said, is there anything else to preach about? <laughs> is there anything else to preach about? Because what the Apostle Paul preached about was Jesus. What Peter preached about was Jesus. What Barnabas preached about was Jesus. And when he spoke about the Bible, what did he do? He pointed to Jesus. And so here's the last point I want to give you for today's message, and it's this. Why, why is Jesus the message we preach? Lastly, number three, it's because the Bible points to Jesus. Woo. The Bible points to Jesus. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to exalt the Bible over who the Bible points to. I'm preaching to somebody here today. I need you to catch this. I need you to catch this because many times this is the word of God. This is God's faithful word. But when you begin to detach God's word from the one who's actually declaring it, you will no longer, the same. Have you, you will no longer get the same meaning. Have you ever said I love you by accident? And he's like, yes, there was a couple of boyfriends I just had to like, no, nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. I don't know where that, sorry. Anyhow, Lisa's going to yell at me later. <laughs> so you said, I love you by accident. Like, you know, like you were on the phone with Con Edison. Yeah, yeah, listen, let's just turn on my, turn on my light. Turn on my light. All right, man, I love you. Bye. <laughs> like that ever happened to you? Like it's, it's absolutely meaningless, even though you said the words that are so meaningful it's meaningless but you you said it but but the person who said it and if someone tells you something like if, if someone comes up to me and just walks across the street and says hey I love you I'm gonna be like yeah you want to fight <laughs> right so, why, why because it's, it's just when when someone just speaks words that are meaningful but they're coming from someone that are not meaningful to you it's just like there's a disconnection and so so many times we take the word of God and what we do with the word of God, we disconnect it from the author and we disconnect it from the one that it points to. And so we take the scriptures and now we begin to put meaning into the scriptures. But the scriptures are actually pointing to Jesus. This is why he looks at the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the people who studied the word over and over and over and over. And in John chapter 5 he says, you have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there. These scriptures are all about me. And here I am standing right before you. And you aren't willing to receive from me the life you say you want. He goes, what you don't understand is that you're looking for the Bible as the destination. But the Bible is actually a sign to the destination. The life you want is found in where the Bible points to. That's Jesus. I like the way uh, the New Living Translation says it. It says you search the scripture because you think you because you think they give eternal life. Who's talking? Jesus. But the scriptures point to me. Oh, oh, snap. Because every time that I try to read the scriptures in a way that it doesn't point to Jesus, what you will get, and humanity has been actually experts in doing this is in reading the Bible, and when you read the Bible, when it doesn't point to Jesus, what you get is not a relationship with Jesus, what you get is religion. And if you're not careful, you'll be operating in religion, and you won't be operating in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And people will begin to elevate religion, not realizing that Jesus Christ didn't come to establish a religion. He came to establish 
a relationship. See, I want to just say it right here. Religion says you better love God. Jesus declares that he surely loves you. Religion preaches God can forgive you. But Jesus declares he already has. Religion says you need to get holy. Jesus says that in him you already are. Religion points you to your badness, but Jesus reveals his abundant goodness. Religion says God will bless you as you do your part. Jesus declares that you've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in him. Religion says that God can if Jesus says God will and has. Religion says that God is counting your sins. Jesus says that he has removed them as far as the east is from the west. Religion drives you with the law, but Jesus draws you in with his love. You can go throughout the scripture. You can go throughout every single page of the Bible every single book of the Bible and what you will find is pictures and shadows and images of the one that it points to. His name is Jesus. You can go in Genesis and you will see that he's God in creation. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus and in Numbers, he's the high priest. In Deuteronomy, he's the city of our refuge. In Joshua, he's the commander of the Lord's army. In judge, Judges, he's the deliverer of injustice. In Ruth, he's like Boaz, that he is our kinsman redeemer. And you can continue to see in First and Second Samuel, he's the trusted prophet. In First and Second Kings and Chronicles, what you will see that he's not just a king, he's the king of kings and the lion of David. You can see him in Ezra and Nehemiah, and you'll see that he's the rebuilder. You can see him in Esther, and you can see that in Esther, He's Mordecai protecting his people. You can see him in Job because he's the mediator of God and man. You can see him in Psalms because he's the song of Psalms, because he's the new song and he's the good shepherd. You can see him in Proverbs because he's our wisdom. You can see him in Ecclesiastes because he's the meaning of life. You can see him in Song of Solomon because he is the lover of our soul. Keep looking and you'll find him in Isaiah because he is the mighty counselor, the prince of peace, the everlasting father. You can see him in Jeremiah and Lamentations for he's the comforter of the weeping prophets. You can also see him in Amos and Obadiah. You can also see him in Ezekiel for he's the son of man that breathes life to dry bones. You can see him in Daniel, for he's the fourth man in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can see him in Hosea as the faithful husband that will always be married to the backslider. You can see him in Job, for he is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit and with fire. You can see him in Amos and Obadiah, for he is the bearer of our burdens and he is our mighty savior you can see him 
also not only in Obadiah, but you can see him in Jonah for he's our rescuer. You can see him in Micah for he is the one prophesied as the Bethlehem uh, born child. You can also see him also in Nahum as the stronghold tower. You can see him in Habakkuk as the knowledge of God's glory. You can see him in Zephaniah because in Zephaniah he is our shout. You can see him in Haggai because in Haggai he's the fountain that cleanses. You can see him in Zechariah because Zechariah he's the one prophesied as the one who will be pierced. You will see him in Malachi as the one that returns the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the hearts of the sons to the fathers. Keep looking. Keep looking and you'll find him in the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what you will see in the Gospels, that he is the Messiah. He is the Messiah who is king, the Messiah who is servant, the Messiah who is deliverer, and the Messiah who is the Son of God, born in flesh, the way, the truth, and the life. You can see him also in Acts as the spirit that dwells in people. You can see him in Romans as the righteousness of God. You can see him in 1 Corinthians as the perfect love, in 2 Corinthians as the triumphal entry, as the triumphal one. You can also see him in all the apostles' writings. If you continue, you will also find him in Galatians as our liberty, in Ephesians as the church, the head of the church. You can also find him in Philippians. He's our joy. In Philippians, he's our joy. But also in Colossians, he's our completeness. In 1st and 2nd of Thessalonians, guess what he is? He's our hope. In 1st and 2nd of Timothy, he's our stability. In Titus, he's the foundation of truth. In Philemon, he's a friend that sits closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's our perfection. In James, he's the power behind our faith. In 1st and 2nd of Peter, he's the cornerstone. In 1st and 2nd of John, he's the Lord of love. In Jude, he's the foundation of our faith. And in Revelations, he's the coming king. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first, the last, the one who is, the one who was, and the one that is to come. Can I tell you his name? His name is Jesus. Get up on your feet today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.